Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Army starts the year off with seven-on-seven drills. There's tons of activity on the socials, so if you're not paying attention, you're missing out on a lot of the highlights. Uh, some people would call them lowlights if you're the witty Mitty. Uh, I had to crush his dreams a little bit earlier this week, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting uh, comeback that I had, but it was, it was good. Uh, Navy needs a quarterback. So yeah. this is going to be interesting because, you know, summer school and service academies uh, usually has a lot greater impact than at other universities. Uh, the Especially Big Ten starting a week early. Yeah. The Big Ten no longer represents teams. It represents the number of uh, broadcast contracts that that organization <laughs> has earned. And uh, the Pac-12 is a dead man walking. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to the combined college. I don't know why it says combined. We'll change that. To the College Football Roundtable, or if you could refer, we call it Ring Knocker Radio. Hopefully, Joe will pop on. If not, he'll be in from the home of the big house. If not, we will uh, wrap his knuckles later for not being on the call. Uh, I'm your host, Rob, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We've got Dano Ikebesa calling out of Coastal Connecticut. And we have a special guest today joining the show from... The mistake by the lake in Cleveland, uh, Alan Mix. <laughs> and I have to say that I always want to call you Greg because I went to high school with a guy named Greg and you kind of favor him, but that's okay. We're going to keep moving forward. Welcome back to the College Football Round Table. This show, we talk about college football in the broader sense. We talk about service academies. We focus in on the FCS service academies as well. Not too much action going on or too many reports coming out of that, but we do have a special guest today. But without further ado, we got to pay some bills. So, Dano, if you don't mind, could you run? Uh, Run down the ad for Craig, please. Yeah, man. Uh, Craig Oxane is the sponsor of this here show. He is the vice president of residential lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago. Been with us for a couple of years now. For those of you who don't know, Greg, uh, Craig is a member of the West Point class of 1994, licensed to lend in all 50 states based out of Chicago. He is one of the largest VA lenders in the country, offers super competitive rates. But even more than that, it's a personalized experience. I don't know if you guys have ever bought a house, but the mortgage process is super confusing. Interest rates are moving all over the place. Now is not the time to deal with some clown who's just trying to make a buck off you. Deal with somebody who actually cares, not a call center, not a random big box bank or mindless website. Deal with Craig, an actual person. This, friends, is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at Aspen Football. We are trying as hard as we can to help you get a better deal on your mortgage and just somebody who's going to take care of you. You know, listen, Craig is still going to put two inches of paper in front of you when you buy a house, and if you don't pay the bill, they're going to snatch both your kids and sell them in, for uh, child labor, you know, in the, into the coal mines of West Virginia. However, he is at least going to keep you informed and make sure that they're not ripping you off. Right. So it's scary enough to buy a house, at least deal with somebody you can trust. And that is Craig Oxane, uh, vice president of residential lending for Draper and Cranor. Plus, he doesn't charge a fee for veterans. That's like thirteen hundred dollars. Get that money. Guys, if 1300 bucks doesn't mean anything to you, just send it to us. Uh, you can find him via the link on our website. Uh, it, it couldn't be easier. Just go to askforfootball.com, click the link, fill out a little questionnaire. You'll be talking to Craig in a few minutes. Buying a house is, is scary, but Craig at least is going to steer you through the curves, friends. 
All right. Thanks, Dan. So today we have Alan Mix on and we're going to talk about bandwagon fantasy sports. And I hope I get that title right because I've been saying it like all week long and I'm trying to hit target with this. So everybody does college football, right? Everybody likes college football. That's why you're listening to the college football roundtable. A lot of people like professional football. And one of the biggest breakthroughs in the last 20 years in professional football has been fantasy leagues. Part of the fantasy league is the NFL Sunday ticket and watching all the scores and the players and everything else. But Alan has a unique way of interfacing with college football. And so we're going to turn the floor over to him to give you guys a little bit more insight on what he's doing. And uh, we're going to be running a league on his platform. So if you are in the Firsty Club, we are going to put the title that is on the line that officially now belongs uh, belongs to James from Brigade Review. But... You can only be a winner in the firsty club. You have to participate in order to get the strap. So you got to be pay to play. You got to be in the paywall to win. You can actually participate in the league. You don't have to be a firsty to play in the league. However, in order to win the strap, you have to be in the league. And so we will pause there, pass it over to Alan. It's a lot of words, but we definitely want to dig into uh, <laughs> your platform and talk about you. Talk about bandwagon fantasy sports because it's super cool. You already had the World Cup on there, the Women's World Cup. You had a lot of other events that are kind of pre-staged on on the on the menu. But uh, let's give you a shot to to kind of explain what you're doing here and how you're going to revolutionize watching college football. Thanks. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, it's a fantastic belt you got there. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Rob had that one made. I just won it the first year. James James <laughs> is the defending champ. I, I got to send it to him before the season starts. Beautiful. You better do it quick. We only got a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah we, we have a um, Craig is actually sending us some more swag, so I'm waiting to send him the full like giant box of swag. Um, he he specifically he's like, wait until you get the hats and then send me a hat. So anyway, yeah, I, I got to be mailing the hats all over the place. Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, as I like to tell everybody, we are trying to reimagine um college fantasy sports with bandwagon so as you've seen all these different innovations in fantasy sports and all these other things you know they're really geared towards the nfl but there's not as much innovation in that college space when you know i don't know about you guys but i love college football and i love you know everything that comes with it not just what's at the top four and, and and just the whole pageantry of it and so we've created bandwagon fantasy sports where users draft and manage rosters of teams instead of players. Uh, users can exchange teams throughout the course of the season. And it's really, you know, who's ma- the manager whose unique combination of teams that outperform the rest is, is how you figure out the winner. And so we're going to run some leagues for you guys, you know, on your platform. And essentially, you know, everyone can go in and draft eight teams within the salary cap. And uh, I know I'm going to catch some grief because I do have Navy uh, above Army in our right. race there. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that. They they actually played last year. Like like they played a game. <laughs> they did. They did. You know, but but when we look at those rankings, you know, those are basically what the market's saying. You know, how many wins each team is is probably going to get. Right. That's what everyone's basing. You know, their Vegas over unders on and and everything. Sure. You know, we're not here to be the uh, um, prognosticators, you know, and having right. the exact answers. It's just saying, here's the market, here's the lanes, and go ahead and pick your teams. Now, I did do a little dive into it, and I think where it's coming from is uh, Navy is perceived to have a little bit of an easier schedule than Army this year. And so that's why some folks have them up, you know, 
at six and a half wins for this year versus six for Army. Sure. Uh, but that's the beauty of bandwagon. So, you know, we have rankings that we can send out to you and, and your viewers, but it's on our website if you go to check it out. But, you know, the beauty of the platform is really, you know, if you feel that strong about an Army, you know, and, and they're they're the top rated $3 team, you know, go ahead and take them. You know, the, the way it's won is you got to find those teams that are at those lower or middle tiers who, who greatly outperform. That's how you end up winning. Right. That's the storyline. Sure. Uh, of bandwagon. So that's what that's what we're about. And we're excited. It's our second season um, going live with it. And we're just uh, we're just pretty excited to get back to college football season, to be honest with you. Get over this alignment talk and just start playing again. <laughs> So can I get a sense of, of like what the tiers are? You know, you said Army is a $3 team. What is Georgia or Alabama? Is that 5, 10? Like what's the max? So the max is eight. So because okay. it's an eight-team league, the top tier is always going to be at that eight, that, that number okay. figure of how many teams. So we've got Georgia okay. and Alabama in that top tier. And there's essentially 13 teams in each tier as it breaks down. Okay. So that bottom tier where there's about 20-some teams, and that's when you're picking between the – and no offense to any of the listeners or people watching, but that's when you're picking between Akron, South Florida, Hawaii – but that's also another beauty of the system because for every Alabama you take, you know, the, you're going to end up having to take, you know, a $1 team, uh, you know, sure. Western Michigan or Hawaii. So, you know, how many combined wins are you going to get between Georgia and Western Michigan versus maybe taking an army with, um, you know, Notre Dame or uh, a Boise State? Um, you know, that's a little bit less than in Alabama, but is there better value there for what you're spending money on? And, and that's up to you as the user. So we just kind of provide the platform and let everyone else, all the experts figure out who's smarter than who. Okay. So each league is eight people. Is, is that, is that what I understood? Or it can be just uh, how many, how many people in the league? I haven't, I haven't looked at this yet. And I gotta be honest, I went to go look at your site and I couldn't find it. So I definitely got to get the URL from you. Yeah, yeah, no uh, problem. Before we, before we, you, you can have a league with two people, seven or seventy-seven. Oh, it, okay, awesome. So, you know, it's really just each person has to draft eight teams to fill out their roster. I got it. Okay, and, and as long as they're within the salary cap, so you can't just sit there and just take Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, all those top-tier teams, and and that's sure. it, right? There's some right, strategy right. involved with it. Yeah, so looking at it, you know, I kind of I already did my draft, so I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. So I looked at it and like it, it literally is you're trying to find you're trying to find those those diamonds in the rough. So like if you pick TCU last year, like what you know, what a world, because you, it, you actually had an opportunity for a team that, you know, almost ran the table and made it to the playoff. And so I think that's the important aspect of it is being able to identify those teams that are trending upward or identify those teams that are trending downward throughout the course of the season. And so if you picked Alabama and that was your one team for the SEC, then you got, you know, you got blown out because they didn't do as well, you know, so you're trying to strike the balance and it forces you to, you know, it's not as intense as uh, pro fantasy leagues where you're watching individual players throughout the course of a game, which is really distracting, you know, as much as I love, you know, fantasy football at the NFL level, you got to have your your roster with the play-by-play up so you can track all your different elements that are running, whereas bandwagon's a heck of a lot simpler because I just got to, you know, count on wins and losses and I have to make sure that I'm picking the right overall team to perform rather than individual players. 
Correct. And that's that's what we get most excited about, because if you try to you know replicate that model into college, you know, you're picking between 130 some quarterbacks, Absolutely. 300 running backs, 500 wide receivers. It's 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 borderline insane. So we cover all the teams in the power five, the MAC, the Mountain West, the American Conference and the independent conferences. So there's 110 teams loaded in there. Uh, eventually, we want to build it out for all of FBS as well as as building it for FCS schools. You know, think about the the possibilities of, of combining those two, right? That's that's Absolutely. what I get geeked out and excited about. Um, but that's that's in the future and down the road as we you know build this out and 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 continue to develop it. I got to say my favorite thing about this coming back to Rob's point is just that football is such a team game. And so you're, you're, you're betting on which teams are going to do well. I I find pro fantasy football so frustrating because, you know, my team can do well, but if my guy doesn't run for, you know, a hundred yards or whatever, I'm shot, even though to be honest with you, maybe it's, I mean, maybe they still had a great game and he could have even been important in the game plan, but just not, you know, maybe he gets tackled on the one yard line, you know? Yeah. And, and he d- yeah. He doesn't score. And yeah, it's like, frustrating. And that could be the, and that could be the difference between you winning or losing a fantasy game against another opponent is, you know, whether or not that particular player gets into the end zone, whereas this is team performance, which I think is, is it's a lot easier to manage too, as far as a perspective, you're just watching who's trending versus, you know, Hey, is this guy hurt? Am I looking at the injury report? You know, can the team still recover? And there's, you know, and of course, like, oh, there's a cupcake game this week. So I'm making sure I'm tracking all my teams for cupcakes. And then those are the teams that I definitely want to make sure that I have those lower tier, middle tier teams Mm. that are playing their softer part of the schedule. I absolutely want to make sure that I have those guys loaded up front. So when they're in that soft part of their schedule, I can rack up some wins against my opponent. So it's it's definitely kind of schedule management. But uh, I find that super, super interesting. So so any keys to winning at this thing since you are the founder of this stuff you probably have some insight that we should all know as we're signing up for the for the league this season yeah i I think you hit the nail on the head in identifying the teams that are trending upwards so finding the two lanes of last year the tcus um you know kansas state quietly had a really really good year last year yeah Uh, syracuse you know, started hot out of the gates. And, and if you, you had them early and then exchange them for someone else at the right time, you look like a genius. Um, you know, UConn last year wasn't expected to do much and they went bowling. And that, that's a huge deal for the program, right? Yeah. You know, to become bowl eligible as you kind of build each program brick by brick. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's avoiding, you know, the Texas A&Ms of last year, not to mock Desmond Howard for that meme that you see posted posted thousands of times last year. But they clearly weren't in the college football playoff picture and they weren't even bowl eligible last year. So you want to make sure you avoid those teams and, and jump off their bandwagon before they definitely fall off a cliff. But that's kind of the key to it. Um, and identifying teams who get hot near the end, like last year, Florida State was one of the best college football stories that no one was talking about. They were hotter than a, a chili pepper to end the year. And there's some pretty high expectations going into this year. But if you, you know, if you jumped on them early, that's that's the key is picking those teams early and continuing to ride them uh, all the way up. That's that's the strategy. You know, you take into account the schedule, you take into account who's coaching them, you know. So there's a drastic difference between uh, University of Cincinnati this year, you know, you know with their old head coach and with their new head coach. Right. And, and what, what's that going to do for the program? What's it going to do for Wisconsin? Um, and looking at who the, you know, 
who's leading the team? You know, who's the quarterback? You know, how many returning starters do they have? There's, there's no perfect recipe for identifying that magical season. Um, but those are some of the things to look out for uh, as you're picking teams. Yeah. So, so I guess we're looking for, you know, we're looking for the next Max Duggan, you know, I think the TC, I I think TCU was a Cinderella story and whoever jumped on those guys last year probably had a pretty good year. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much a wrap for, for the, the bandwagons fantasy sports league, but we're going to put all your information in the, in the podcast description. You can load it up on your phone. If you search bandwagon uh, bandwagon sports on your iOS devices, you can find it and get in there. We'll put out the information and the access code for everybody to get uh, joined on the league. The draft yeah, I'm is gonna open. Put the, I will Go put ahead. the website up on our, up on our page too. So I'll do that tomorrow. All right, so once everybody gets in, the draft is open until the the 1st of September. So you got plenty of time to get on there, but keep in mind Navy plays Notre Dame on the 26th. So week 0 is coming sooner than you think. So make sure you get your picks in so you can uh, actually capitalize on it. But Alan, you're more than welcome to hang out for the rest of the show if you want. You can drop off. I know you're you're a busy man and you got other things to do, but uh, we're more than welcome to keep you on here if you want to if you want to join us. I'll go ahead and drop off. I'm, you know, I don't, I've got a face for radio, so (laughs) your viewers engaged and go ahead and step off and and let you guys keep going and just thank you for the time. And, and I hope you guys enjoy the league. I hope your viewers enjoy it. And it's just, it's another way to, you know, to, to grasp that the beauty of college football, right. And, and some of those programs that may not be playing for a national championship, but they're, they kind of got that shot at immortality. Right. So if army takes down LSU, this year you know those guys are gonna be remembered forever we all know that right <laughs> yeah absolutely for sure thank you very much for coming all on. right thanks, thanks guys cheers all right so dano it's just you and me so let's roll through the rest of this and uh all right, kind of wrap, try to wrap this thing up so uh, i don't know we can talk service academy highlights i i was paying i, I got a couple it. of things to talk about I, I i could i could talk about so um you put on here you you know coach thatcher uh he's army's new offensive coordinator he, they did a day in the life of coach thatcher on the army socials um so if you want to sort of get to know him as a person i thought that was interesting it's it's about a five minute video pretty entertaining guy it, it's weird to hear that strong southern accent in the highlands of new york a little bit in my <laughs> in my ear but um he seems like a fired up guy and you know, comes with a pretty outstanding pedigree. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that plays out. Um, Air Force, not, not much going on there. I, they got to find a quarterback, but they're always, like, you never hear anything from Air Force at this time of the season because they play a very cool um, Navy, as you said, opens in two weeks in Dublin, Ireland against Notre Dame. Um, you put in that Notre Dame should be on upset alert, dude. You gotta be kidding me. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, given the way that they played last season, you know, the only thing is they were deep into the season when they played them last year. And so Navy actually had the opportunity to make some adjustments going into that game in week one. I think, you know, talent will overmatch coaching very, very easily in, in, in that contest. Should they be on upset alert? Probably not. Is it possible for, for you know, is it possible for it to happen? Unlikely. I, I just don't think I, I don't think the men's have enough juice at all. I have seen quarterback Sam Hartman now with Notre Dame throw the ball before and I know that Navy is very good against the run which is why they're going to throw and I know how that's going to work out I mean I feel like I know how that's going to work out so um I mean not to upset our our fan uh 
the witty mitty or whatever, but I might take the Irish uh, minus 20, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Navy will cover this time. I, I mean, like, yeah, if the mids was, don't even have a quarterback. I mean, like yeah. they they don't even have a quarterback controversy. They're just like going to throw some dudes out there and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, they got Ty Lavatai coming back, which Lavatai is not a bad player. Um, I, I got to be honest. But then that other kid never taken a snap before. I got no issue putting him in the game, you know, trying to get some game reps, but that's, that's tough. Plus, are we doing the triple option? Or are we doing something that's not the triple option? Like not an easy look, man. It's, it's yeah. uh, and then, Oh, by the way, we're going to Ireland. So yeah, not an easy look. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get some feedback on that. We'll, we'll hit up old Dave and see uh, what he thinks. Cause he's going to the game. So I'm sure, uh, Win, lose, or draw, he's probably going to be uh, soaking his emotions in a beverage of malt. Always <laughs> oh, wow. over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just, I, I legitimately think, like, you know, going into the season, from what you've seen on the socials, Army's hyping it up, and I think, like, if I had, if I had a team uh, and a new offense and squad that's looking pretty promising, I'd be talking about it a little bit too, you know. And I think it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily the quiet team that always has, you know, a secret. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're quiet because like things aren't going well and we don't want to talk about it too much. I don't think Coach Munkin is particularly difficult to read. You know, like heading into the 2019 season, you could tell that he wasn't super high on the team. Um, you know, they they still got off with a win against Rice at home, but like you could see that he was frustrated with the team. I don't see frustration. Like, yeah, the defense is ahead of the offense, which I don't think is surprising in the second week of camp. But you know, don't panic. And, and my man pointing out that uh, they're they're throwing incompletions in practice. It's like Allen Iverson voice. We're talking about practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One hundred percent. I think I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of analysis has, you know, Army going six and six. I don't I don't know. That seems a little bit that's a very pessimistic look. I'm thinking probably more eight and four, you know, seven wow. and five. Uh, I think bowling is is reasonable this season, but they got they the- got to. Yeah, I, it, we're going to talk about this more um, on the Army show this week. But I, I see why people are are picking them to go six and six. Like I don't think that that's an insane thing for these prognosticators to say. Yeah. Um, and and until we see the new offense and see it works, everybody's going to be a little skeptical. Yeah, I personally want to see the defense. I think the defense is going to be the strength of the team. And yeah. and this is not the first time that that's happened. Like this defense is usually pretty good. And, you know, I, I think that we're looking at a really good defense and a really good secondary. So anyway, I'll shut up. We're, we're total Army homers. This isn't really supposed to be the Army yeah. show. So yeah, go so, ahead. So, so, yeah, we'll move on. Joe is not here, so we don't have a Blue Falcon of the Week, which is unfortunate. But I, I, I'm assuming that uh, the Blue Falcon of the Week is going to be the person that leaked to the press about uh, Jim Harbaugh's deal at uh, <laughs> for the NCAA sanctions. It'll be interesting to see because they're very, very cryptic, cryptic. Of course, they're not putting anything out because it's like, oh, it's an ongoing investigation and and the, the the rules committee and this committee and that committee. Bottom line is, if there were some shenanigans, I, I fully hope to see somebody get punished. It's in the age of name, image, and likeness. I think the only thing and the only thing I that they've said in the press is that it's COVID related. So like somebody came to campus when people were supposed to be on lockdown. That's my gut 
instinct is telling me that haven't read that anywhere. Just said something COVID-19 2020 season. But again, and you and I talked about this at the beginning of the show. Like if you can uh, make Jim Trestle sit four games as a analyst in the NFL, like you can make freaking Harbaugh take a couple games off. If there actually is a violent violation there, allegedly, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not McDonald's bags full of money, nor is it, you know, kids walking, you know, walking through the coach's office and coming out with a wheelbarrow of cash. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's college football, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, that should be interesting. And again, this is the topic of the day is, is conference realignment and, and isn't even conference realignment anymore. It literally is TV contracts. We have gotten to the point now where it is like when you have, you know, two schools from the the mountain west talking about moving you know like you've got washington state and i believe the other one's utah coming over to the big 10 like okay what is going on in the world it's nuts man it's just yeah i listen i understand why that's happening you know these these programs are all hyper competitive and you know there's a lot of money on the line and they want to make something happen. And and those TV contracts are real lucrative, but it it is nuts. And it's like, don't even think of them as conferences. It's like ESPN and Fox have most of college football. And then CBS, since they let that sec contract expire has like the service academies and whatever else they can piece together. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how CBS sort of, plays that off because they you know they made the bet that it's just not worth it and yeah is that gonna pay like it would be awful if that pays you know you got to sort of hope it is worth it but yeah it's a lot of money and i i see why they did it yeah i i legitimately think like if you're looking at it from the perspective of you know as long as as long as stuff doesn't end up on espn plus i think that's the the real thing like yeah i have espn plus i'm a subscriber but at the end of the day what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to put a majority of college sports behind a paywall. Yeah. You know, regardless, regardless if the athletes are getting paid or not, it's not worth it to the consumer, i.e. the, the fan to, you know, drop that kind of coin to watch football contests that, you know, used to be free or at least on cable, you know, and I think that that's the major concern with all this realignment is like, where are the games going to be played? Like if they, if CBS gets more games out of it, cool. You know, the yeah. Pac-12 after dark is now dead. I mean, that was like the funniest running joke on ESPN was Pac-12 after dark because they did the highlights because they're always <laughs> playing at midnight. But now, you know, the Pac-12 is like a shell of a conference and it's not going to get any better. I mean, you know, we'll probably see the, you know, was it the Santa Cruz banana slugs move up <laughs> the Pac-12 just because like they have, they have nothing left. And, and, and it's sad because I think from a competition standpoint, like, and I said it before on the other show a couple weeks ago is as long as we don't lose those rivalries, that you know made college football popular in the 80s and 90s i think most people will be okay going to become very very different schedule with the guys you know playing in a conference that's all across country or has some other you know agreement in place that prevents those games from happening because i mean that's you know if the rocky mountain showdown doesn't happen like neon sanders is cutting his knees out from underneath him because that's a game in a pro stadium against the in-state rival you know and that would be a shame if that that game went away we'll see how it plays out man at the end of the day it's it's like you said it's it's all about the tv contracts yeah and i I think i think the other part of it is is how how are they going to adjust the playoff because of this 
Yeah. And I think they made a whole system so the Pac-12 could put somebody in the playoff, and now the Pac-12 is not even going to be a thing. It's not yeah, they go I, back to the 14 playoff. Yeah, and I think that's, that's legitimately – honestly, that's the real question is it was like we built this thing because we wanted to have all the Power Five conferences make it in, and then, hey, writ large, we're going to give bids to the, the best teams in college football to play in the playoff, and – it's it's a catch twenty two, you know, because one of the chief complaints of NFL players is the season's too long, right? Well, yeah. now that you're being compensated as a college player, do you want the season allowed? You know, like I, I I don't know, I'm not in their shoes right now, but I'm assuming at some point it's going to get that way, and uh, players are going to play. And bottom line is, I think the the independents are going to have to decide, and not just Army, but all of them are going to have to decide where they're going to hang their shingle. You know, if this does affect the playoff, if the playoff remains a four-team playoff and the four best teams make it in, you know, you still got a chance. But if it's literally a complete redesign and, you know, Army's on the outside looking in and they just get to go bowling every now and then, I, I think most teams will probably make adjustments just based off of that. But it's too early to tell. It's way too early to tell. We're, you know, we haven't even started this season yet. But we know that the, the conference, like, it looks like that stupid string diagram that Charlie Day did. On yeah, TV a long time ago, just with For all the sure. moves and everything, it's crazy. Uh, but nice. uh, yeah, looking at uh, how the season ended, week 16, top five in the AP poll, you had Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State, and those are basically your four, you know, playoff teams and Bama, which like you could argue for any other team to be in that position just based off of you know their record last year. You know, Tennessee kind of could have been a better choice than, than Bama, but again, I think you know as long as you know the the coaching placard at uh, Bama says Saban, they're always going to give him the benefit of the doubt, both in pre and postseason polls. I, I'm telling you, man, I'm picking Bama this year as my sleeper team. How nuts is that? Nobody's talking yeah. about Bama. They were yeah. what two plays away from from potentially playing for the national championship. Yeah. You know, they lost a, on a last second field goal to a dynamic Tennessee team in Tennessee, yeah. and they yeah. lost to LSU. And I mean, two plays. Well, yeah. Well, LSU turned and LSU was a pretty solid team. You know, they turned it yeah. on. They got better towards the end of the season. So I would expect if anybody who would have played LSU at that point probably would have got roughed up. You know, I I mean, it, it it is what it is. I think I think Bama, you know as always, is in the driver's seat until they're not, you know, and that's basically it. Like, they can lose one, and people are still going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if they lose two, it's it's pretty much uh, – It's nuts that they lose two, and it's Armageddon. I, I don't know yeah. if you saw, but the AP preseason top ten dropped today. Yeah. Uh, so you got Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, LSU. A little surprised that it's Bama, then LSU. Uh, USC, which I don't understand at all. Penn State, yeah. FSU, Clemson, Washington. So, yeah, man. Yeah. USC, like, dude, like, I know. US, <laughs> uh, 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 how did, how, you know, one, how did Caleb Williams win the Heisman Trophy? Two, how did you lay an egg that badly in a dome against Tulane? Like, that, it's, that's absurd, you know? And, and I think they're digging their own grave when it comes to, to college football. But, you know, one of the most interesting thing is, of course, is TCU is not in the top 10. And that's, a direct section of the fact that Max Duggan left college to go to the pros. You know, I think they are, they're banking on him. If you had a returning starter with that level of production as Max Duggan did last year, I think that's legitimately uh, took them down a notch out of the top. They're not even top 15. 
I think TCU has a good program. Uh, I think, you know, losing to Georgia is not indicative of how well or how poorly the team is going to be because it's Georgia. Like, they ran a table twice. You know, it's a pretty impressive squad. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But the last question that I have before we wrap this thing up is, what player are you looking to have a breakthrough this season? You said Bam is your sleeper team. Who's your sleeper player? Uh, I'm going to take Joe Milton, the third quarterback, Tennessee Volunteers. I see all over the papers today that everybody's selling him. They've, oh, we got big quarterback problems in Tennessee. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, literally, ESPN analyst, analyst says Tennessee Vols have a big problem. That's a 2023 concern. Like, dude, I saw him play at the end of the year. He's a good player. Everybody take a deep breath. Let the man go through camp. We're still talking about practice, right? I'm yeah. telling you, when push comes to shove, that that team, that's a good coach. They got a good system. He's a good player. Is going to work. Is going to work itself out. Are they going to beat Bam again? I don't know. But um, if you want somebody to watch that nobody's talking about, that that's my guy. Uh, and I think I'm mingle with Coach Prime and my guy to watch this year's Sudor Sanders. Like I, I really want to see if the kid's durable enough to survive playing in the Pac-12. I get it. They don't play much defense, so he's probably not going to get that hit that hard. But, you know, sizable difference between you know, playing at Jackson State. He had great numbers. I mean, he had 340. He was 341 out of 43. He had a 70% completion percentage, almost 71. That's had, nuts, uh, 30, man. Yeah, That's 37, 3,700 yards passing last year, 40 touchdowns with six picks. I mean, he's in elite quarterback territory for JSU in the competition and, you know, in that league. Can he play at that level of intensity as a, you know, full-up FBS player? That's that's kind of the question that I have because, you know, bigger bigger players, more performance, but it is the Pac-12, so he's going to have some opportunities, but can he deliver like he did last year, you know, <laughs> at Colorado? I mean, all he's got to do is put the ball on target. Looks like he knows how. 40 TDs, six interceptions, 70 70- – Almost 71% completion percentage. Yeah. Holy smokes, man. I mean, yeah. that's like Steve McNair numbers. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and you know, we had that discussion, you know, many, many moons ago when, like, hey, does Steve McNair need to win the Heisman Trophy? Well, if he's the most accurate quarterback in college football, why not? You know, I mean, he did okay as a pro against, <laughs> you know, put up, put up whatever competition you want to. I mean, I was yeah. there. He did okay. Yeah, he didn't suck. He didn't suck that bad, right? And so I think that's <laughs> he was the, He like, was the uh, player of the year. Yeah, you know, I, and that's what I'm saying. Won the, like, won the was, league MVP. Yeah, he was legit. Legit good good player. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, just the, the the change in in like the pace and the dynamics of the game. I think Dion's kids well coached. Like we know he's well yeah. coached. Like if you watched anything that uh, they've done on the socials about that guy, like I think he's got a lot of potential. So he's my sleeper of the year. The guy that I'm really hoping to look forward to and see see how well they perform. Colorado as a whole, I'm excited about. I want to see, you know, how well Coach Dion, you know, pulls things together. Because the reality of it is, is he's going to turn into like the Bill Parcells of college football. He's going to go to a team for three or four years, you know, get a good solid recruiting class in, and then hand it over to somebody else and see if they can win. <laughs> I mean, he's got the he's got the bona fides. But but if they if they keep his contract competitive, you know, he's already in the Big Twelve. Like, does he need to go somewhere else? No. I mean, you know, like, does he need to go to, let's say, Ole Miss, for example? And and I'm not saying that Ole Miss needs a new quarterback. I'm just trying to think of what would be an obvious step up from Colorado. But is it going to be an obvious step up from Colorado? No, 
that's why I'm kind of excited to see. I want to see if they can perform at the level that they used to. You know, yeah. they used to be great until you know they used to be great until the death blow sanctions and like those sanctions were pretty legitimate. When you've got like the punter stabbing each other over some girl that didn't want to date him or something, <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. Like you couldn't make it, like it literally was. It literally was like a football movie. You know, like oh, oh like man. hey, we're gonna go out and you know get drunk and fight all these people and all this crazy shenanigans happen. But either way, I think. Uh, Tennessee is going to be Tennessee is going to be just fine. I think that they'll they'll do okay. You know, there's guys that are lots of folks to watch. But we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, keep it a little bit short tonight, just because we're doing another show tomorrow. So stay tuned for the As for Football yeah, Army sure. Football Show coming in. And so we'll be talking uh, preseason preview on that show. We'll give you a little bit more insights on what we've seen to the new offense and things like that. But uh, we're going to wrap this one up. We hit quite a few topics, and we're definitely looking forward to the season. We are two weeks away. We're recording this on a Monday, so by Friday, Saturday, we will be leaning into two weeks from uh, the start of the week zero and college football season. Be on the lookout on uh, all the platforms for the Bandwagon Sports Football League or College Football uh, Pick League. Make sure that you are thinking about your teams and who you want to uh, pick. You know, and again, it's not the full FCS roster or FBS roster. It's only 110 teams. But as uh, Alan mentioned before, you're ranked in scales based off of uh, previous projections. And the better your team, the more expensive they are. So you can't just spend all $25 on Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. I mean, you probably could, but I don't think you'd fit in the league. You'd have to adjust it. <laughs> Either way, uh, we're looking forward to it. Again, Firsty Club, if you guys want to, you know, take a shot at the title, James from Brigade Review is uh, – Yeah, he's on, we'll, get, he's on we'll get that organized this week. Uh, yeah, I'll start he, putting that together. Yeah, James is on top of the throne right now. So, uh, if you want to take a shot at the title and chip him off, this is your way to do it. We're doing it through Bandwagon Sports. So, if you're part of the Firsty Club, please, you're more than welcome to join us while we're recording both this show and the Army football show. Uh, I am Rob, the angry Colonel shout out to trigger Joe. He's probably hitting the books right now. He's probably doing something that we never did as cadets. At least I never did as cadets. And that is going into the library. <laughs> We've got Dan Lee Cabeza call it out of coastal Connecticut. And uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow night. Same bad time, same bad channel to do the, as for football, army football show. And as always beat Navy. Beat him. Thanks for listening to the as for football college football round table. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com. B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to As for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, beat Navy. <laughs>